Hi, I'm Benton Crane. Welcome to the first episode of Raising Unicorns. Today, my friends and partners Daniel Harmon and Jeffrey Harmon dig deep into how Brush became an online sensation and how Jeff originally gave YouTube the idea for the skip ad button and ultimately changed advertising forever. Unicorns are real. In the past eight years, Harmon Brothers has helped raise five unicorns. Yes, that's five companies with a billion dollar valuation, with at least six more companies right on the cusp of becoming unicorns. Here on Raising Unicorns, we share the lessons we've learned to help you grow your business by tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. It's time to start raising a unicorn of your own. Welcome back, everyone. We've got two guests with us here today. We've got Daniel Harmon back, and we've got his brother Jeffrey Harmon with us today. Now, I'm really excited about this interview because the roots of where Harmon Brothers came from and everything that we've ever done goes back to when these guys were working at a company called Aura Brush, and they pioneered some really cool stuff. At the time, I don't think anyone realized how impactful it would become, but it's kind of become the foundation of everything that we do at Harmon Brothers, and it's kind of impacted the whole advertising industry across the board. I wanted them to come on, and I want you to hear the story First hands. Jeff, why don't we start with you? Tell us a story about how you even came to know Aura Brush and get involved. So I was in my last day, my last class at the Marriott School studying marketing. I was always sitting in the back of the class reading tech blogs about what we now consider Web 2. It was at the beginning of the Web 2 world. YouTube had just started taking off. It got acquired by Google. Facebook was brand new, still. Still limited. Yeah, to it was like 50, 50 million people. That's kind of the era. This 75 year old guy comes in to the class and he has this group of three students that are studying his invention called Aura Brush. And it's just a tongue cleaner, then it gets rid of bad breath. I was in the back of the class and it caught my interest because they said, our research shows that less than 8% of people want to buy this kind of a product online. And so I was doing the math in my head and I put my hand up and I was like, hey, 8% of people is still millions of people. Why don't you focus on the people online rather than going and trying to make a patent agreement or some type of an agreement with a large toothbrush company? Which that was the opposite conclusion of what that group of students yes. was making, right? Yeah, they were making the argument that you should never take this online. It has to be in partnership with a Colgate. Because only 8%. Yeah, because only 8%. Dr. Wagstaff, this Bob Wagstaff, he, he comes to me after the class and says, do you think you could work on my project? And I was like, yeah, I think I could sell it. And so I went and started working on it at nights after my work. I was working on a company called Family Link at the time that Facebook was doing these apps and Family Link blew up to like 100 million users or something. So Paul Allen company, Yeah, Paul Allen who founded Ancestry.com. And I was running this little Twitter team is what we called it. They called them the Twitterns because Twitter was new too at the time. At nights though, I would go and I started contacting like all these Facebook pages, one called Kisses. I tried to buy Kisses for like a few thousand dollars. And I did, just was playing with all kinds of stuff. And I would buy Google ads and everything I did, it seemed like we would spend $3 to get $1 back in sales of Aura Brush. And then I learned YouTube had launched an ad network just like a couple months before. And you could just go on like AdSense and buy these ads placements on bid. And I found this video 
on YouTube from Howcast. I don't even know if Howcast still exists, but they had a, a tutorial on how to use a spoon to reach back, rub the back of your tongue, and then let it dry and smell it, and you can tell if your breath is actually bad. It works. Super legit, because you can't tell if you have bad breath by yourself. I put that on the page and our conversions went up significantly. I don't remember the exact percentage, but they went up on the Google Ad Buys. And they said, what if we made a video where we have a spokesperson do the spoon trick, use the aura brush, and then sell the aura brush. So I grabbed one of the twit turns from Family Link, and we went to an old pool hall that had a white wall on it, and we shot for a couple hours, and I got my old, my roommate, Joel Ackerman, who's a, who was a film major and now a director. He wrote up a script for me, and then we went in and shot this video and we shot it, um, once again, old, old YouTube channel, iJustine. We shot it her style, which is white background, and you just jump cut. I didn't know anything about film. So I got my roommate, Devin Graham, who's now Devin Supertramp, a big YouTuber. Asked him to come in and shoot it. So he shoots it. We put it together. A week later, we have a video, and it feels pretty good. And I stick it up on YouTube ads. Come to find out ads cost less than a penny a click because nobody's using YouTube ads. So there's like this golden moment where we could learn really, really cheap. And these were like banner ads. Underpriced attention. Right? Yeah, underpriced attention. Nobody was interested. A few weeks later, we're buying a whole bunch and we're actually like making money now on the Aura Brush. Like a month or two later, YouTube has like a press announcement that their ad revenues have gone up by 5,000%. <laughs> and it was just because we're lifting the floor because we figured something out. <laughs> to take it from nothing to something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from like probably hundreds of dollars. We're lifting the floor, the entire floor of the YouTube ad network. And I start getting messages from YouTube people saying, can we talk to you? What they were really curious about is this is a two minute ad, right? And I showed the ad to you and you were like, it's too long. Yeah. Um, yeah. I reacted like everyone else at the time. It was like, back then we were trained to be like, okay, you've got 30 seconds or 15 seconds. Or you have an infomercial that's 30 minutes long. Yes, yes. And that was like right in between. And you had the foresight to ignore me and all the other naysayers. Well, I was just thinking it's like a YouTube. I was like, if we create content that actually sells you at the same time, just create content that's as good as iJustine. iJustine was big, huge at the time. Create it at least as good as what she does. If it's as entertaining as her stuff, then it should keep people's attention as well as her stuff. It'll actually sell you something. And so we just started running ads. I found out later from my friend at Google who went she left, she said, we had to put a cap that no advertiser could buy more than 70% of our ad inventory because <laughs> we were buying so much. It was starting to annoy people on YouTube. Uh -huh. I remember this. Yeah, thing. I got people, like 50 million They're views. starting to get users like, why am I seeing Aura Brush everywhere? <laughs> yeah, 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 why am I seeing this tongue cleaner everywhere? But it blew up. We ended up getting venture capitalists talking to us. And YouTube sends out a group to ask us how they can cater to ad companies. Before they did this, yeah, they flew out from Palo Alto. Yeah, they flew out a whole team. Here to Provo, yep. Utah. Yep. Just a few blocks up the street. Spent two days with in us. In a little dungeon of a basement place that we were staying in. Yeah, it is a basement place. No, but it's grungy. If there yeah. was an earthquake, that place is going yeah, down. Yeah, that place is going down. <laughs> Daniel could explain. It's gross. The place is gross. Yeah, I mean, it's just this place that no one wants to rent, which is why we were renting it, because it's really cheap at the time. And yeah. But it's yeah, like you have to one. step over homeless people yeah, when you there's, leave. There's a little bit of that. There was once almost a knife fight in our parking lot that one of our people, Nate, <laughs> um, uh, ended up breaking up between a couple of people that were likely under the influence of something. But yeah, they, they were there in that dingy little conference room with us, right? Yes, and we had already built up a team. I stole Daniel from Chicago. He was working in an ad agency. Neil came in to build out the websites and build out the e-commerce system. And we built this, I mean, today it's relatively simple, but at the time we were just kind of like learning as we went. We had figured out that this two minute ad worked. At this point, this is our first entry into video. And it was, and we were doing like, 
I remember it was like $70,000 a month or something. It wasn't a significant amount of money, but we were like, we can actually make a living off this. Dr. Bob makes us offers. We come into Orabrush, become partners, founders of this company, this new company, Orabrush. So prior to that, you were just kind of like a, a contract employee, mm -hmm. but then he wanted to bring you in as a co-founder. Yeah, prior to that, he paid me with a motorcycle. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's really interesting to note that Dr. Bob was over 70 at this time. Yes. And willing to take the risks of making a startup. Of a 20-something-year-old, 20-something-year-old, that was like 23, something like that, 24. Yeah, yeah it, it's amazing that he was able to see that. And then they come out, they're talking about how can we make ads, because the inventory is just really limited when you're just doing like click at the sponsored video. They wanted to talk about how to do like pre-roll ads where an ad runs at the beginning of other YouTube content. Of other YouTube content, which got us really excited. And we said, well, why don't you just do a skippable ad? I think we were probably proposing like, still do 15 seconds or whatever. I don't think the five second thing, that might've been. They might've tested the way yeah. to that or something. But make it skippable and just leave a skip button all the time on the ad and let us go for two minutes, for five minutes, for 20 minutes, whatever length works for us. If we can keep their attention and they don't skip, then we deserve the time. I think it's important to note because we're 15 years later now and everyone's used to that format. But yes. at this time. It's just 30 or 15 second ads. This was like a bonkers idea. Like, why would you do this? Yeah, yeah, well, and they pushed back really hard. They said, we are never going to give more than 30 seconds. Maybe we'll make it skippable before 30 seconds. They liked the skippable idea. Yes, yes but they did not like the unlimited the, idea. The, yeah, the idea of how long the ad could be was really foreign to them. Yes, and we were just making the argument, why do you care? If somebody's keeping someone's attention, that person deserves the attention. If it's an advertiser or a content creator, and you're going to get paid based on whether or not they didn't skip. If I can keep people's attention for five minutes, and I convert it 500 or 1,000% higher than the competitors, then I'm going to pay 500 or a thousand percent more for that ad space than your competitors who are paying for 15 second ads. That's right. And the viewer is the one who is in control the whole entire time. The whole time. They're Other not than being the first force five seconds. fed. Yeah, the first five seconds. That's right. Yeah. And so they went and made it. And that was like game changer for us. Complete game changer. And, and it wasn't just like they went and made it. It was like within months of that meeting. Like, yeah. like less than Yeah, probably three or four months. Yeah, they put I, us in this like private beta program for yeah. it. And we were the first, very first advertiser to be using it. You talked about it being a game changer. So I want to hear how was it a game changer specifically for Aura Brush? And then later we'll talk about how it was a game changer for, for the industry. For the entire industry. So for Aura Brush, it just meant we could scale. We actually had more inventory than we could possibly buy. Add inventory. Add inventory because of this feature. There's billions of minutes being watched on YouTube and now you have access to all of that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, so it was a game changer for that. It was a game changer for Aura Brush. Took on investment, eventually got acquired. It, it eventually reached nationwide distribution in Walmart and everywhere yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, right? yeah, we started getting contacted by Walmart, by Boots in the UK, all kinds of places and it built into this $10 million company for just a little plastic tongue cleaner that costs a few cents to manufacture. So we go to VidCon and this is, First or second year, Hank and John, I think it's the first, first year. year. First year. Hank first and John year. Green invited us. Back then, we would talk to them and text with them personally pretty um, regularly because we were their very first sponsors. And they like went out of their way. I think we paid, paid like $10,000 to sponsor VidCon. We were like the headline sponsor. And they, for that 10000 because Hank said, that's what put us into the black. They were in the red. <laughs> and we were so grateful for Aura Brush for sponsoring that we got them to actually deliver Aura Brushes to every single hotel room of all the attendees and put them on their pillows. <laughs> and it got the ball rolling for them to pick up other sponsorships. Yes. Yeah, so we, we, we. The brand was known on YouTube now, Aura yeah. Brush, because of all the ads we'd been buying. Yeah. 
And then when everybody's like, oh, Aura Brush is in as a sponsor? Yeah. We'll so come along. A guy from Google, he's a sales rep for Google Ads, comes up to me. He's like, Jeff Harmon, can I give you a hug? <laughs> and he just gives me this gigantic hug. And I'm like, who are you? And he's like, I work in Google Ads. I just met with Coca-Cola. And your story broke through. <laughs> like, I just yeah. want to thank you because you are saving my job. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're going, oh no, now my ad inventory is going to get more expensive. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. One other experience before we get off the Aura Brush stuff is I get a phone call from a very close friend of mine, still close friend, Meredith. Uh, she worked at Google at the time. I, she, I think she's at Facebook right now. And she was our champion through this process. Was she one of the, one she of the ones came that came to the, She was one of the group that yeah. came out and listened to that she skip came out to Utah. ad idea. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yep. Meredith goes, Jeff, um, I just talked to Eric. He was just in an interview with the New York Times. And, As in Eric Schmidt, right? Well, she didn't say. She didn't say at all. The New York Times wants to talk to you. I was like, sure. And I get on it with a New York Times reporter, talk for like 30 minutes about Aura Brush, and I find out, I was like, who, who did you talk to? And she's like, oh, Eric Schmidt. I was interviewing with Eric Schmidt, and he brought you up, and he brought up Old Spice. Those were the only two campaigns that had successfully done a YouTube thing at this point. And then she says, anything else you want to talk about? And I said, well, I think the story should be about Orbrush. <laughs> <laughs> to the New York Times reporter. And then I went and pitched Orbrush, and she said, you know what? I think you're right. Let me go talk to the editor. And it ends up being the entire spread was about the Orbrush story of this 70-year-old inventor, which is also an interesting thing because we had a PR relations guy. A PR agent. Yeah, who was trying to, he was saying, this story is totally worthy of the New York Times. And he was pitching all the time and trying to get these exclusives. And when you just do cool stuff. The press comes to you. The press comes to you. And then that's when the press relations person can like amplify that up. It's always press relations coming into a story and they can amplify it and really get it to ramp up. But until that first wall is broken, it's really hard. He's got to do something cool. You have a pretty good track record with doing cool things. We'll have a different interview where we cover more of that. For this one, I want you to talk about, let's go two directions with this. I'll have Daniel talk about the foundation that all of that laid for what Harmon Brothers has become and everything we've done since then. And then I'll have Jeff talk about how it's impacted the industry as a whole. You want to start, Daniel? Yeah, you bet. So Jeffrey mentioned that the inspiration for the original Aura Brush video of how to tell if you have bad breath came from YouTubers like iJustine. And Howcast, right? Yeah, and Howcast. And essentially, they were making content that was native to the YouTube platform, meaning they weren't making it the way that you would make it for TV or that you would make it for feature films or anything like that. They were just making it in this new format for YouTube. And in the book, Hitmakers, he talks in, in there about how the creators that win are the ones that make content that is native to the platform that they're on. So you see examples of that with YouTube of people that have you know, essentially been born out of the YouTube content like Hank and John Green back in the day, I Justine, Rhett and Link, Devin Supertramp. These are people that are making content that's native to the platform. That's always kind of been the inspiration behind a lot of the ad formats that we've landed on that have been really successful is making them so that they are sort of native to the platform rather than just saying like, oh, here's a really cool 30 second or 15 second TV commercial and then let's just go ahead and upload it to YouTube. And a lot of people were doing that. They were using it as kind of the dumping ground of the stuff that they were already making with big ad agencies and stuff. And instead we were very much approaching it from the standpoint of what was the problem to be solved and what was the experience of viewing on YouTube or on Facebook in those platforms and we made the content very much native to the platform to where it felt much more like the stuff that they were already seeing there. Kind of like Jeffrey was saying, just figured, oh, if it's at least as entertaining 
and engaging as what iJustine is already doing, then people will opt into it rather than having to be kind of forced on them. Like, and that's kind of what, what so much of the genius of the skip ad button was that like you didn't even have to pay for it, right? If they skipped it, yeah, you, didn't, you didn't. YouTube decided to do that. We didn't suggest that. Yes. they said if if you, they don't watch at least thirty seconds, you don't pay for the ad. I think it's really important to go back in time because a lot of the listeners might not even remember what life was like prior to that. That, that is where true. Advertising was very much a force-fed type industry. You, yeah. you think about those five-minute commercial breaks that we all grew up suffering through. Oh, <laughs> just just take a take a seventeen-year-old and stick them in front of like Dr. Feel on network TV and watch them squirm, squirm, <laughs> and just like lose interest because there's like five minutes of ads being force fed to them. Like they're out of the room so fast. Like just check right out. Yeah. 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 If, you, if you watch one of them sit in front of broadcast TV for a few minutes, you will understand how different the worlds are. Yeah. I've got a 15 year old and a 16 year old that pay for their own Spotify because they don't want anything to do with the ads. They'll, they're, they're paying for that right now to listen to their music that way. That switch from we're going to force feed you whatever crap we feel like and you're a captive audience and so you're just going to deal with it to totally shifting the balance of power over to the viewer to say I can watch what I want to watch and I can skip what I want to skip and that forces us as advertisers to think and act fundamentally different than what it had always been in the past. It was painful at the beginning for a lot of advertisers. For us it was an opportunity but yeah. for most advertisers we, it's like this painful we, we very much viewed it as an opportunity. It was all about oh man we know we can make stuff that's entertaining enough to hook people in and get them to watch all the way through. And that's a little bit, I mean, we talk in terms of a hook for our ads, something that really grabs people in. And when you have five seconds to work with there, which is now, you know, two or three seconds on Facebook as people scroll through. Mm -hmm. But then we really had to think about how to make that first five seconds super interesting. And if you go back to our original ads, they're not interesting anymore. You go back and watch the original Orbrush ad, which had tons of people loved it and thought it was a big deal. It's not that funny. All humor is kind of like it's relative, relative, to, relative its time. to its time. Yep. But we just were better than the stuff out of the time, so we were winning the game. If this episode blew your mind, even a little, then follow us for more. That'll help us know what you like, and we can keep breaking your brain in a good way. By the way, if you're ready to boost your business, we created a three-part miniseries jam-packed with tips and tricks of the trade. You can watch the whole thing for free. Why? Because we kind of like you. Actually, we really like you. Get some free advice. HarmanBrothers.com forward slash free.